This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He jumps it himself. Looking for back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points, uh, Blue Wire, and our friends at Bet Online. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back here for another edition of our looking ahead to the 2020 NFL season. Uh, we hope there is a 2020 NFL season. Um, it's a good thing we don't do college football. Let's just say that, uh, Dylan, uh, based on everything that's going on right now, but we instead uh, like to focus on the NFL, and uh, specifically today, we're going to focus on uh, our preview for the AFC North. Uh, we have gone through several, um, you know, conferences, divisions thus far, and ran through all these teams, picking our ceiling and floor for each of those teams. Uh, and now we make our way to the AFC North, uh, along with picking our division MVP. And breakout players, uh, as you'll see with those picks, uh, maybe easy choices uh, in this particular division. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Dylan, looking at this uh, division overall here, um, you know, you've got the Ravens, who, you know, one of the, I mean, they were just fantastic last year in the regular season, uh, not so much in the playoffs. But now mm-hmm. you got the Steelers getting Big Ben back. The Browns are, are the Browns, but, like, they're still intriguing. Um, we both mm-hmm. had them in the playoffs last year. That didn't happen. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the Bengals basically uh, restarting uh, with Joe Burrow at quarterback with some pretty intriguing weapons around him. So this uh, this division has a lot of potential, I'd say. We talk about, you know, top to bottom, how good can these divisions be? I'd say you put this one up there as, as maybe one of the better ones just because you feel like the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns at least should all be in playoff contention. Yeah, at least have a shot at it, although we thought that last year. And then, yeah, sure right. enough, the team that we – I think we both picked, uh, respectively, the Browns and Steelers to win yep. the uh, division. Of course, the Ravens 
I mean, I thought they would be good, but man, they really kind of took their took it to a different level. The defense uh, still uh, improved definitely from 2018, but then obviously the offense became a well-oiled machine. Lamar very deserving of winning the MVP. There's no reason to believe uh, that was the one thing going into last year. Uh, you know, we're like, you know, the teams have seen what the Ravens do with Lamar. They had all those wins uh, in his rookie season. They lost the game of the Chargers. It's like, all right, they figured out what they're going to do. And sure enough, they have not. Lamar also looked way better as a passer last season. They finished first in DVOA on offense, both passing and running. It's, yeah, it's a one team, right? It's, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh, AFC West when we look at like the Chiefs are easily the number one team. And then you have some intriguing teams that could be in the playoff position maybe you feel these teams are a little stronger in the Steelers and Browns the Browns really addressing their offensive line issues the Steelers their offense should bounce back at least a little bit they still have one of the best defenses and yeah the Bengals at least are intriguing in terms of uh, year two for Zach Taylor but also Joe Burrow and they've retooled their offensive line a little bit they add another weapon in T Higgins AJ Green's back so yeah a lot of exciting games um, interesting looking back at last year in the division two uh, outside of the Ravens basically steamrolling everyone outside of the loss of the Browns it's pretty even across the board in the other matchups between these teams. And, yeah, a lot of – basically everyone's a rival with everyone else. So, the, yeah, no no lack of intensity, even if there are no fans in the stands. That certainly seems at this point, as long as these games actually happen, as you mentioned. Luckily, we are not uh, going to be talking about college football because I can't <laughs> even wrap my head around all yeah. the different things happening there. Yep. Uh, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, if the, uh, the divisions in the NFL all split off and did their own thing. Uh, apparently that's <laughs> what college football is going to do. So – um, but uh, we are not going to have that issue with the NFL. Uh, I would say everyone's going to play or no one's going to play. Um, let's start with the Bengals. Uh, we talk about ceiling and floor. Um, I think it's you know probably we're not neither one of us going to have the Bengals saying that their ceiling is a playoff team or anything like that. Uh, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. With the addition of Joe Burrow, I still think those pieces on offense are a bit underrated in terms of all the guys that they have there. You know, when you look at their wide receivers, um, you know, certainly I think, you know, look at Joe Mixon, and, and there's lots of possibilities really with that offense. Um, if A.J. Green's back healthy, you know, Tyler Boyd, we've seen his potential. Uh, even guys like John Ross and, you know, Auden Tate, like we've seen what those guys can do too. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I don't know. Like I think, you know, you've got T. Higgins there now. There's there's a lot of interesting pieces on an offense, but – I think the defense is what we talk about in terms of uh, if they're going to yeah. make a big jump, it's going to have to be on defense. I don't know that they've made a big enough jump on that side to, you know, like we said, be competing there at the top of the division or anything. So that makes it hard maybe to figure out. The one thing I would say is the common trend you've brought up a lot thus far. They were the worst team, so they get to play the worst teams from last year. <laughs> so that is yep. the one bright spot. Uh, so maybe, you know, you could see this team getting to, I don't know, I'll say six wins maybe a, a nice spot for them. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know. Could they get to seven? Uh, maybe. But I think six probably about the sweet spot. And really, you know, for the floor, I don't know. Like, I still feel like the floor is probably a bit down there in terms of, you know, <laughs> what, it, what it could look like. So, uh, because they do play in this division, because even though they do play some of the, the worst teams from last year, obviously things change season to season. I'll I'll say four to six sounds about right to me. Yeah, that's maybe uh, – yeah, for the floor, I'm struggling a bit more than the than the ceiling. I think the ceiling, you, you nailed it. That was the number I was thinking of exactly. Six, maybe you bump it up to seven if everything went right. But I'll, I'll say six is my ceiling. And, yeah, floor-wise, it's a little tougher because – I want to say, you know, they got kind of unlucky last year. They, they only win a couple games, but they went 0-8 in one-score games. They yeah. almost, they, including 
score losses to the Steelers and the Ravens in one of the matchups that they had of the, of the two against those teams. So, yeah, man, I mean, they they weren't completely out of a lot of matchups against pretty good teams. They probably should have beat Seattle in week one last year, too. It's just so you have that and you imagine the offense is going to take a step up. Um, you know, they don't really address the offensive line issues as well as you might have liked. Obviously, Jonah Williams will be back, and they hope that he's going to step right in and, uh, you know, fill in as the left tackle. They hoped he'd be as a rookie when he got injured. But um, otherwise, yeah, I thought they were going to maybe address that early in the second round. I, I do like getting another weapon for, and T. Higgins there. As you mentioned, A.J. Green coming back. And a lot of talented players at skill positions. Joe Mixon does a great job with a pretty shoddy offensive line. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting, I mean, overall in the offense to see how Joe Burrow quickly adjusts. He's going to be the starter off the bat. We haven't, even out of these uh, other rookies of, and younger quarterbacks, a lot of these guys, at least early in the year, did not have the starting job immediately. So I, I know he played against some amazing defenses in, in the SEC and in college football overall, but he also had one of the most talented full rosters that we've seen in college football. Um, yeah. So, he, And it's obviously now he's going to be adjusting to facing teams that largely are going to be much better than them. So it's going to be – I think it is going to be an adjustment period. You mentioned the defense. That's my biggest concern, though. It's like – so, yeah, they, they got unlucky last year, but they also were bad. Like <laughs> They maybe weren't 2-14 and 14 bad, but they finished 29th in offensive DVOA, 30th in defensive DVOA. That's not going to uh, lead you to a lot of victories. So I'll yeah I'll say three wins maybe if, if Joe really does struggle as a rookie here. Maybe the offense doesn't actually take any step forward. The defense is stagnant. Maybe they they end up having less one score games and just more overall losses and still have a better record than the day. But uh, I, you know like you said they're they're facing uh, facing some of these pretty bad teams. They could you know steal a win here and there and I mean, six wins it shouldn't be impossible for them to look up to. Uh, somewhere in that sweet spot, you just want to see some sort of strive and see Joe Burrow by the, as the year progresses. If you're the Bengals, uh, take the steps forward to look ahead to year two because yeah, they're still in the process of. You know, there's so many things they have to build for and still draft, and uh, the, the project's not complete here by any means. If nothing else, they'll be entertaining to watch because they'll probably play in yeah. a lot of high scoring type of games. Maybe that's the best we can hope for uh, with them because they do have some goods on offense, but maybe not the goods on defense all the way just yet. So maybe that's what you'll get uh, from the Bengals. Uh, but we now transition to the Cleveland Browns. And though this is not the episode where Dylan and I pick the Browns to make the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl, uh, we will be saving that for a future episode. And uh, hopefully if both of us are smart, maybe we won't actually do that this season like we did last <laughs> season. Uh, we didn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl. We didn't make them play the playoffs. And obviously we're joking, but it is hard to trust the Browns. And uh, we learned that last year and uh, this year, I mean – Really, you've got a new coaching staff, which that's that's obviously the biggest change. But roster-wise, I don't know that there's really a ton of differences on this particular group. Uh, you do add some guys to the mix. Uh, certainly bringing in Austin Hooper at tight end helps. Uh, Jedrick Wills uh, having that, that help on the offensive line is big. But beyond yeah. that, you know, there's not a ton of differences really with this team. And I think that's where we look at it and say, okay, are we buying them now because they have a new coaching staff? Um, it is virtually, you know, and obviously, like I said, there have been some changes, but it, there's a lot of similarities to that roster they had last year. And so mm-hmm. with those same pieces in place, do we think they're able to take that step forward and be, you know, a, a playoff team? Or is there just something about this group that is going to hold them back and put them in that, you know, mid-range average type of team category? That is where I struggle yeah. here because I don't know, Dylan. I hope you have the answer because I don't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all going to kind of – and there's going to be no excuses for Baker this season now. 
And I think it, where they go on offense, at least, is going to be completely dictated by him. You can say whatever you want about Odell's inconsistency, the injury issues. Um, but, you know, obviously Jarvis still had a pretty solid year, I thought, overall last year for all the, the struggles, maybe inconsistently with his games. But at the end of the day, last year, uh, Baker struggled a, a ton, and their offensive line was one of the worst um, uh, units, at least, uh, from what we, we we thought it was going to be bad. But, I mean, it, to, to finish 23rd in PFF's rankings last year, now they're projected, at least by PFF, to have the sixth best offensive line. Um, obviously, they're only one bright spot. Uh, Joe Petonio finished 13th in uh, 2016 at, uh, with his grade and one of the better pass-blocking guards. Mm-hmm. Now there's really no – you know, they, they signed Jack Conklin. That was a huge deal for them, obviously, the Jedrick Wills draft. So now you have your two tackles. They, yeah, they, I mean, the expectations are really high for the offensive line. If they can stay healthy – and we saw what Baker did towards the end of his rookie year when he got a lot of playing time and actually looked quite good. And he still makes the throws when he has the time. And, yeah, obviously with Kevin Stefanski, well, the coaching staff set him up to succeed. Obviously, they had one of the better running games last year. Even with that bad offensive line, Nick Chubb, second in expected yards per carry uh, above average, only behind Derrick Henry in terms of getting extra yards and what would be expected from a normal running back with the situations he was put into. So you add in a better offensive line, run blocking for him, plus the pass blocking. There's no no excuse for the offense. Obviously, (laughs) you mentioned, obviously, Austin Cooper being added. There's no excuse for them not to have, in my opinion, the top – I mean, top 10, top 12, I mean, yeah. at least on the on the verge of a top 10 offense, um, DVOA-wise, and uh, the defense, yeah, I was obviously disappointed a bit from last year. They had one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Uh, they got torched a few different times and really inconsistent across the board. I don't know if we can expect them to fully bounce back there, um, but you still think that they do add some interesting pieces, and We'll see how I mean, they had so many injuries in the secondary. There was times last year it was guys just getting signed off the practice squad starting almost every single position in the secondary. So you think that the combination of health and just another year with this, uh, these guys and new coaching staff, I, I think they should they should be on the verge of being a playoff team with the extra playoff spot. There's no – like they really should not be as bad as last year. They shouldn't have been as bad last year. But now with that offensive line, that was the one – uh, piece of the puzzle, obviously the, the coaching staff and the issues the players had with them. That was another part of the situation. Yeah, man, I, I just the, their floor is still going to probably be like five wins because everything could just hit the fan. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say that word, but yeah. yeah, everything you know it could all fall apart. Um, but at the same time, I you know I'll put their their absolute ceiling just because they have they have the 29th toughest schedule, so the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL. All these things we just talked about, I'll put it at you know. I could see them in a perfect world winning 11, but that's not expecting that. That's just like yeah. ceiling. Like that is the best case scenario. More likely it's somewhere in the middle. And eight, nine wins, you know, that could be in the conversation for a playoff spot. I, it really, it's going to come down now. Baker, you, like last year, yes, the offense line was terrible and you, you, you didn't respond as well as we thought. We, you know, his, he was really good in, in college against pressure and it just didn't really work out last season. Um, this is now, there's, there really aren't many excuses for him. And I, I'm excited to see what he does. I think he'll respond well. But at the same time, yeah, just across the board, it's still the Cleveland Browns. It's still the, <laughs> the history of this franchise and what they've gone through. It's You can't ever count them in for sure. I think I learned our lesson that year. And I'll, I'd, I'd be pleasantly surprised uh, to be proven wrong and would like to be proven wrong by that. Um, but I, I do have high expectations for the offense, at least. And I think it should make them a more one of the more fun teams again. Uh, maybe it, well, their fans didn't think they were one of the fun, more fun teams, but at least they made a lot of headlines last year for all their struggles. <laughs> Now, yeah, man, they they gotta at least be decent. Like, they can't be like just losing to bad teams like they did last year, getting blown out in games to the Cardinal. Like 
Yeah. Those things shouldn't happen. They they got a and they you know, in the forty nine er game they got completely toasted early in the season. So I, I just don't know if that's gonna. They shouldn't get in those situations. But uh, if if they start out if they struggle off the bat, you know and the, that kind of happened last year. We talked about their their tough beginning of the schedule and they never really bounced back from that. We'll see how they do this year. Well, I was gonna say seven to eleven, so maybe that's about right. I, I think seven to, to eleven wins would be where I would put them at. I, I think eleven still I I would I'd probably lean more yeah. towards the seven happening than the eleven, mm-hmm. but uh I do think that there's potential because they look they do get the NFC East and they get the AFC South and you talk about two divisions who we have no idea what to expect ever from like it's those two. And so um I think, you know, having those possibilities, maybe they win some of those games, then of course they get their division games at home too. You know, it may and you know, like we said, you never know now. I mean, what's a road game going to look like at the NFL this year? It's not going to look like, you know, if you go play at Pittsburgh, um, it's not going to be your usual atmosphere at Heinz Field. So uh, there are lots of different elements, and I think the Browns, talent-wise, ha- are good enough to stack up with some of these teams. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. a matter of are they actually going to put together and do it. So we'll see there. Uh, both of us cautiously optimistic about the Browns, but guess what? We said the same thing last year, so uh, just to keep that in mind. But uh, something else to keep in mind uh, is the fact that uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL and with NFL Sunday Ticket TV, you can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus the Red Zone, we talk about the Red Zone all the time on here. And Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels are there. You never have to miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. All you gotta do is use the promo code BlueWire at checkout. To get 15% off your subscription, visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, to get that 15% off your subscription. And then, of course, our friends uh, at DealDash.com. It is the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and my favorite, of course, cars. Here's how it works. Just like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after only 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else only has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of the other discounts that they offer. All you got to do, go to DealDash.com and use the offer code ETP or DealDash.fm slash ETP. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash ETP. All right, Dylan, we move ahead to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They get Big Ben back. Uh, that in and of itself is going to be a huge storyline, we know, because that offense was a storyline last year, and it wasn't for a good reason. Um, it was not good, quite frankly. Uh, they were not good on offense, but... When you're not good on offense, what do you need to be able to hang with a lot of other teams, a great defense, and they certainly have that. Um, and that's why, you know, I, and they're another team, man. You talk about this division. Mm-hmm. I, and they're hard to, to put, too, because the defense is so good. They're going to win them some games maybe that they shouldn't. The offense could play bad, but the defense is so good, they're still going to win some of those games. It's just a matter of what is Ben Roethlisberger going to look like because we already know what it looks like behind him. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that completely changes the outlook of their season. But if he can come back and even be, you know, somewhat the player that he was before, 
I mean, you, you have to say this is going to be a pretty good team because, yeah. um, you know, just because of that. But but I think also, and we, we talked about this, there are some guys on the offense, not just Ben Roethlisberger, that have to kind of prove that they can step up and and be, you know, more of those go-to type of guys. And we've talked about Juju. Uh, beyond that, you know, you've got still unproven guys somewhat. We talked about Deontay Johnson. He looked good last year, but – you know, you still got James Washington, Chase Claypool's there now. They bring in Eric Ebron. Um, you got the running back situation. So there there are still some unknowns on offense, but because mm-hmm. we know how good that defense is, that makes a situation where they're hard to figure maybe where they land, but I also don't think this is a team that probably wins less than, than that seven. Maybe seven's the right number for them, too, yeah. uh, just because I think that defense is so good that they're going to win some games. It's just a matter of what is that ceiling for them. Yeah, I mean, even if the defense doesn't stay as good as last year, I feel like they're going to be better. And last year, somehow, even if they had, uh, even with how much they struggled on offense, they would have made the playoffs, as we mentioned, yeah, with that right. extra playoff spot. They were the seventh team, like the Rams and the NFC. And now, yeah, you, you add in that there's a, a few factors in play. They had a pretty league average strength of schedule last year. Now they're the second easiest schedule, only behind the Ravens in the entire NFL, based on last year's records. That should only help them out. Yeah, you talk about the defense. No team had a bigger disparity, and it's not even close. Bigger disparity in where their offenses and defenses finished DVOA-wise. They were third, like I mentioned, third best defense in DVOA. They were last in offensive DVOA, and that's not surprising if you watched them last year. Uh, often they, it was really tough. It was a lot of three and outs. It was a lot of punting. It was a lot of playing field position. It was a lot of forcing turnovers and hoping your defense scores on those turnovers for the Steelers, and I mean, it worked out to win some games. I don't know if they're going to be as dominant on defense. They could they could jump, though. I mean, at the same time, they have basically the, all these guys back, all this continuity in a full season. I mean, Fitzpatrick obviously came over pretty early in the year. But as long as they stay healthy, I mean, the defense is, as, you know, it's right up there with the best in the league when we think about New England, San Francisco, those units. Uh, they're right there, and the offense, all it has to do is not be – completely crappy they have a pretty good offensive lines uh, projected to be ninth best by pff um yeah you mentioned obviously chase claypool entering the, the fold eric ebron as well and yeah i mean they have weapons it just kind of comes down to what roethlisberger looks like and his health at the end of the day if, if he's able to just stay on the field and be a, like you're saying like at least be something close to what he used to be I and mean, it's we're not that far off Obviously, they had uh, a lot more talent with Antonio Brown being one of the best receivers at the time. But we're not that far off from when the Steelers had one of the better and more electric passing games. And they were losing games because their defense was not good. And now it's just completely flipped. And uh, I think the offensive line's yeah, still a lot of continuity there, a lot of the same faces we're used to seeing, um, at least in most of the positions. And, uh, I, yeah, I, I have pretty high expectations. I put their – I put their ceiling at 12 wins. I know it's only one above yeah. the Browns, but I'd feel a little better about them being in the middle, going from my, I'll, I'll say worst case scenario, though, seven wins. But I think more likely they're a 10 win team, at least with this schedule, this defense, and the, how much I, I expect their offense to at least bounce back to not being god awful. Like, I, <laughs> I think they're probably a 10 win team. I think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're better than the Ravens, but I do think they'll, get, they'll grab one of those wild card spots. I think they're, they're just too much talent. The only re- the way that this kind of goes south, and I still and they go back to that seven win range is probably if Big Ben gets hurt and he's and he doesn't he's not able to stay on the field and we yeah. have to watch uh, a trading back and forth of Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges again. No one wants to see that <laughs> unless you're a division rival of this team. Yeah, um, because it wasn't pretty, and and then all the all the good things that we're looking forward to and all the expectations and excitement. Uh, <laughs> 
it kind of goes down. The defense can be as dominant as you want. Maybe you'll slip into the playoffs uh, with those guys playing quarterback because of how good the defense is. But uh, any any hope of this team making a deep run in the playoffs lies in uh, Ben Roethlisberger being at their the end of the season. Yep, I'm with you. I would put their their ceiling at one win higher than the Browns at 12 because I'm looking at their schedule and it, it sets up very nicely. Like you mentioned, yep. strength of schedule, it sets up nicely, but I would still put that seven. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like seven, I think, is worst case scenario for them because yep. even in that quarterback situation, I think they'd still probably find a way to win seven games with the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go with seven to 12 for the Steelers, and that, of course, brings us to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, (laughs) Easiest schedule, according to looking at the strength of schedule. Um, Best team in the NFL regular season last year. Um, They got Lamar Jackson. They've got an outstanding defense. They picked up a stud and Patrick Queen. Um, They got potential breakout candidates all over the place on offense. Boy, this is um, – and what was it? We did something. Uh, I think we may have talked about this. The, the Ravens were the team that had the best odds to go undefeated, I think, when I looked that up. <laughs> and it's been – I want to say it's probably been over a month or so now, so that could have changed. But I know I saw it uh, where someone was talking about that. And I think it's because of that schedule and when you consider what they have on the roster. You know, they play the Chiefs at home. Um, that Their toughest games probably – like they go to the Eagles, um, I, like they go to the Patriots, but I still think the Ravens are going to be a better team than the Patriots. Yeah. They go to the Steelers. Um, that's it. Like I think those are the toughest games on the schedule when you think about it. If you look at all their games at Philadelphia, October the 18th, at Pittsburgh, November uh-huh. 26th, I think those are the two toughest games on the schedule. I think they could win every every game on their schedule. I don't think they're going to go 16-0. Yeah. But <laughs> – I will tell you that I I think the ceiling for this team is oh my goodness like I think it's like 15 wins and I I know that's crazy but it's like, ceiling though it's yes ceiling. It's right okay. that's the ceiling but like if you look at their schedule like tell me right now who you would pick to beat them and I think there's only probably two teams that I would pick to beat them right now that would be the Chiefs even though it's at home. And I think that game at the Steelers in late November are probably the only two games I would say right now that I would pick against the Ravens. Yeah, man. And, yeah, they get the Cowboys at home, too. You mentioned the Chiefs at yeah. home. So, all their, yeah, two of their tougher games at home. But overall, it's just you look at a lot of – every schedule in the NFL is going to have tough games. But you look at this Ravens schedule, and it's not surprising when you think about how it's the – according to last year's records, it's the easiest. There's just so many <laughs> – so many games are like, oh, that's a W. That's, yeah. a w. that's probably a W. And, yeah, you mentioned as one of the most complete teams in the NFL for, I mean, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and the offense is insane, but the defense, while it has improved, you can't say it's like one of the top few units. They're, I mean, they're the only team that's top five, I believe, in both uh, DVOA on offense and defense, um, which is saying a lot. I mean, there's teams that are in the top ten on both sides. New Orleans is right in that conversation. San Francisco's close. But, yeah, they're as complete as a god. There's a reason they had the one seed last year. There's a reason they have the MVP, and there's a reason we expect them to win this division and, you know, compete for uh, getting to the Super Bowl as well again. Um, I think, yeah, ceiling 14, 15, either one of those numbers is fine. Like, I'm not going to say 16 because yeah, it's just uh, only one team's ever gone 16-0. and 0. Um, There's only been a couple teams that have gone undefeated through a regular season at all. So, yeah, that's that's really hard to predict. But I, I just, yeah, on offense, they finished second with the second-best offensive line, according to PFF last year, projected to be fifth this year. Still a ton of talent there. You have Lamar Jackson, another year in the system. You throw in J.K. Dobbins, obviously, another weapon on that offense. And, yeah, the defense, 
I think the only real weakness last year they just addressed with Patrick Queen. They thought they weren't going to get him. They thought New Orleans was going to snag him. Sure enough, he falls to them. And uh, it's just, it's like, it looks so complete on, across the board. I just don't see a way that they lose more than, like, if everything went wrong, they lost all their one score games, 10 and 6. Sure. Like, I, that, like if that's your worst case scenario, you're living pretty, uh, pretty well. Yeah. Uh, maybe even 11 wins should really be their floor. I just don't see a way with the schedule, the combination of talent they have, that they're not going to be just a force again. And I mean, yeah, obviously how they, how they fizzled out in the playoffs and you can say a lot about that. And how they ran into a team that was on fire and there were even for the game kind of getting out of hand. There were a lot of little moments and just a few plays here and there where there were conversions not made or just little mistakes made that they hadn't made all year. And uh, there's, yeah, I mean, overall, I just, I, I saw them in person. That was one of the only game I went to last year, that Rams Ravens game. They were, I, I mean, it was just like a, it, it reminded me of, watching like USC back when I was <laughs> yeah. a kid when they had Reggie Bush in that offensive line like that running game and just how they dominated and obviously being at the Coliseum too for it it just it, yeah it was like this is incredible they're just manhandling them they're making Aaron Donald look like a non-factor it was just it was madness and I know they they had not the most consistent at all times last year even though they finished with that great record they did have some close games against teams they should have beat easier and that might be a little scary but I still think they're just too much talent not to be one of the best two or three teams in the entire league this year. Yeah, I'll go 11 to 15. I think that um, even if, like, if Lamar Jackson got hurt or something, I think even it's still, like, RG3 pops in there. You just run the ball 50 times. Like, I don't know. Like, I know it's different, but I just feel like that's what they're going to do no matter who's <laughs> there. So, um, so yeah, I think that that's probably what I would go with. I just Their schedule's too – it sets up too nicely, and, and we keep saying this, and like we're we do this by habit, but it's like we do look at home and away games, knowing that they're going to be a lot different this year. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, the home field advantage, everything like that, could be completely different. But that's where I think you just look at talent, and talent-wise, this is one of the most talented teams in the league. So I think it's easy to to, to kind of depend on them, no matter whether they're playing at home or on the road. So uh, even in a normal circumstance, you would still look at them. Uh, as favorites in some of these road games and against what I think is probably going to be the two best teams they'll play this season will be the Chiefs and the Cowboys. They get both those two teams at home. So um, so there you go. That's kind of where we're at with the Ravens. Clearly, uh, we'll get more into whether we think that they could go even further than they did last year in the playoffs once we get to our uh, Super Bowl predictions episode here in a bit. But uh, now we go to our individual uh, awards here for this uh, particular division, and we start with breakout player. Uh, Dylan, I I think this is another one where we, we just spent all this time gushing about the Ravens. Um, I got a feeling you're going to go with somebody on the Ravens, and I got a feeling I'm going to go with someone on the Ravens. Yeah, the only other players before I get to the guy I'm picking that I considered, uh, maybe Joe Burrow, I think the expectations are probably a little higher than they should be. I know it's obviously one of the most impressive college seasons we've ever seen, but um, I think maybe he'll be a guy we look at in 2021 when we, if we record this and we say it was a breakout <laughs> candidate. The Browns, it's tough to ever say anyone, like unless Jedrick Wills becomes the best left tackle in football like, yeah. off the bat. Like, I don't know, Nick Chubb's already established himself as a full-blown star leading league and rushing and yeah uh sealer wise i know the one name we've mentioned is chase claypool possibly but and then everyone else is kind of like they've already broken out like you, you can't yeah. say devin bush is already a full-blown star as a rookie so yeah i'm going with it, it was between two guys for me on the ravens at the end of the day patrick queen and jk dobbins i'm just gonna go with jk dobbins because i do think there's a decent chance he becomes uh, even if working Grimm has been incredible and it's crazy how he's kind of defied, you know, usually the timeline for running backs in the NFL and they get into their thirties, they seem to slow down. He's only seemed to get better and more fit and just be incredible. 
I just think Dobbins is going to, he's just going to fit so perfectly into that. He's going to benefit so well from all the weapons around him. Maybe he won't have like the most flashy total yards and total touchdowns and everything at the end of the year. But I do think he's going to be a huge piece of that offense. If there's any injuries uh, they suffer elsewhere in the, in the backfield, I think he'll even get a bigger role. Um, and it's just on off. It's always going to be the offensive guys that are usually going to be kind of what we're looking at for these awards as much as I, I could see Patrick Queen quickly having a huge impact. But I mean, the, I wouldn't say last year we'd say Devin Bush was for sure the breakout player. Even though Lamar was really good as a rookie, I feel like he went from really good to MVP. <laughs> he probably wasn't last year. I think Dobbins has a good chance to put up some huge numbers and be a, a real big piece of an already really potent offense. Yeah, and I went back and forth. You know, he was one I knew you were going to pick him. So mm-hmm. I, I decided either between Queen or, or Marquise Brown, I guess technically – we kind of talked about Marquise Brown. He, he sort of broke out last year, but I still think there's a lot of room there for yeah. him to, to be a complete stud. Um, so maybe he's an option, but I'm going to go back. I, this was I was going to pick him, but actually I'm like, you know what? Pa- Patrick Queen, like m- middle linebacker for the Ravens. How can you not pick the middle linebacker for the Ravens to be a guy um, <laughs> that can break out and, and just have a massive season? Sure. So uh, mm-hmm. let's go with him. I think he's probably the good choice. And, and I think we've seen, too, I mean, I guess, you know, you kind of point to Lamar Jackson a little bit, but, like, we've seen so many younger guys, like first-year, second-year guys that have been able to step into this Ravens team over the years, mm-hmm. even since, you know, since John Harbaugh's been there, and they just come right in and they get acclimated so quickly. I know maybe it's a little tougher in this, this off season, but I just think that they're going to find a way to, to get these guys going so quick, like you said, yeah. and, and so that makes them, uh, you know, the pick here for our breakout players. And now we wrap up with our division MVP, and this is basically turned into a Baltimore Ravens fan episode um, because <laughs> the past 10, 15 minutes here, we've just been rambling on about how great the Ravens could be. But, look, we're, who, I mean, who else are we going to pick, right? We're going to pick Lamar Jackson. I don't think there's anything else uh, to go too, too far with that. I mean, I guess the best thing to do is look at, okay, who are the next best options if we're going to pick mm-hmm. the division MVP maybe? Yeah, it's Lamar, obviously, is the easy choice. Like we said, though, um, after that, for a, uh, maybe the better conversation is who the next guy would be, like, yeah. as a possible contender. Like, if if uh, this is too much pressure, I would I, I don't think I would go with this. But if the Browns' offense is going to be as good as it can be, Baker's right. going to have to be really good. Yeah. So that, I mean, maybe he he has a chance to be, you could say, Big Ben as well. We're just looking at all these quarterbacks. It yeah. becomes kind of easy to do that when you talk about MVP. I'm not sure who else. Um, in this division, I'd say is like going to be the, the drastically big impact. You get have co-MVPs of Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin. The <laughs> offensive line of the Browns suddenly becomes great. Maybe those guys you give more credit for allowing Baker to have the the situation to succeed in. But yeah, I don't really know who else I would go yeah. with. I mean, otherwise, yeah, Big Ben if he really comes back and looks really good, sure. But yeah, obviously Lamar Jackson, he'd have to take such a huge step down, and it's just he'd have like really outside of an injury. I, there's no way I don't see him being the best player in this division again. Yeah, no, that that makes pretty easy. Uh, only thing I would say is, like, if the Browns just decided that they were just, you know, Baker just comes in, not, you know, he just he's not consistent. We're just going to run the ball. and But, you know, Kareem Hunt's there now, so you probably can even yeah. go with Nick Chubb. If, if Kareem Hunt wasn't there and the Browns, say, won 11 games or something, like, I think Nick Chubb's good enough to where he could, he could be the best player. But – uh, because they're mm-hmm. both there, they're gonna. I think they're gonna split. They do. So I don't know how what that looks like numbers wise for either one of them. But yeah, we're reaching here because <laughs> Lamar is the obvious <laughs> choice, and uh, 
that makes it pretty easy here. One of the easiest, easiest, I guess, aside from when we did the AFC West in terms of picking uh, the division MVP here for the AFC North. So there you go. Uh, there's our look uh, at the AFC North in terms of uh, our picks for who we could see. Um, you know, getting to that top spot, uh, maybe the teams, uh, really, though, I guess you think about it, like none of our, our floor picks for these teams were really all that low. Um, mm-hmm. The Bengals, even we had them, you know, like we said, around six wins or so maybe. So um, this is this is one of those divisions that it should be fun to watch and no surprise given all the uh, talents in there now. Uh, but uh, we will check that out. And, uh, Dylan, we've got a lot of stuff uh, going on over at Clutch Points to get people ready for the start of the season uh, as we start to look ahead to some of these teams, uh, fantasy stuff. Uh, and, of course, mm-hmm. uh, we've got NBA going on now, baseball, everything's happening. Yeah, you can follow all the MLB and NBA games in the Clutch Points app when the NFL is back, hopefully on time. You can follow those games there as well. Obviously, no, fortunately, no preseason games at least, but once the regular season gets going, you can follow along there. All of our NFL content can be found, all our written content, audio content can be found within the app, as well as on the website in the NFL section there. You can search fantasy football for all our fantasy content. Uh, still uh, waiting a bit to get out some of our top ADP values stuff and all those different fun things we look at. Those will probably be coming within the next week or two. Uh, but we've been, yeah, starting to do some just looks at some of the best players and where their ranking is and where they yep. should get drafted. All that good stuff we have covered. And, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully everything starts on time because otherwise, yeah, the fantasy drafts, it is already, like you mentioned, I think last episode, it's already a, a little bit of an adventure trying to, to navigate that without having the preseason games to look at and knowing how healthy guys are and everything. It's going to be going to be unlike anything we're used to, for sure. Yep. No, it is. Uh, but uh, we will continue to, to truck along here and uh, try to get it all figured out, see what things are going to look like. So check all that out over Clutch Points. And as always, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, you can find it in there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at the Blue Wire, Bet Online, everyone, for all that they do uh, here for the podcast. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Past Podcast. Sports are coming back, and uh, so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And guess what? You can do that with our friends at Bet Online. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there is no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online, where you can check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on. And you can do it 24-7 because they are all available 24-7. And with Return to Sports, uh, Bet Online did sit down with former pro players. Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. And you can see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. All you got to do is visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online wagering experts.